Sylvain Charbois of Dalhousie University joins us now. Sylvain, why are food costs going up? Well, there are actually three reasons. Uh, meat, bakery, and vegetables. And uh, all three are going to be driving the food inflation rate higher for the next year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. That will continue into 2021. Have you been spending more on food lately? Well, it's just not you. Recent reports indicate that global food prices are at a seven-year high due to COVID-related supply chain disruptions that has resulted in price hikes in staples like meat, corn, soy, and wheat. And so demand for yes. flour is, is high and wheat futures are way up. And so typically it really will increase input costs for bakers, industrial bakers. Mm -hmm. And so that bakery section will become more expensive, unfortunately, for the next 12 months. So instead of spending, say, 10% of your budget on food, we may end up by the end of next year spending 11, 12, 13% on food, which is really going to put a lot of pressure on families. So it looks like grocery bills, eating out bills, food delivery bills are all going to be high going into the next year. But what is really causing this and how do we mitigate the long-term impacts? Stay tuned for more on this. By the way, those Beyond Meat products aren't as expensive anymore in comparison with real meat, and in some places, actually cheaper. So we have that. Welcome to THC, where we unpack the ever-changing technology economy. Hang out with Jed, Shikar, and Adrian as we tackle the industries of tomorrow. This is things have changed. So as we look to the recovery of the economy in like 2021, uh, vaccines are rolling out across the world. So it's looking like Q2, Q3, so that's good news. Finally, this whole ordeal of being at home ends and people can go out and spend stuff, spend, go visit, I don't know, Paris, Vegas. Hawaii. Uh, uh, Hawaii is expensive. <laughs> you have all the spent up demand that's sitting. Um, we're not really spending. Savings rate is at an all time high across the world. With all this demand coming in, could there be increases in price? That's the whole trend, right? High demand, low supply because of COVID, potentially increasing the price of goods. So what happened during COVID is because the economy was suppressed, and we've been talking about that all year throughout this podcast, uh, there's very little supply of what the demand that's going to be produced when we start opening up um, is going to be. So there's going to be a supply and demand mismatch, right? Think about how much you want to go out and how much you want to go to Coachella and go to all those events, right? When shit opens back up, which is this year, perceivably, you're going to go out there and do everything you fucking can, right? You're going to spend a lot of money. So there's going to be, that's what we mean when we talk about pent up demand. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like there's across the board, I think, um, we've just seen so many industries crumble. And so the players in the space are also getting smaller. So there will be generally less supply. 
And looking at the supply and demand of goods and services, just personally, looking back at how my consumption has changed, you know, you have kind of pockets in what you consume. So you have your food, you have your oil for transportation, uh, and then you also have your entertainment. You and have your hair gel. <laughs> your hair gel, your Coachella <laughs> tickets that Jed is fiending to go. Has never for. been to, but always talks about. <laughs> yeah, this is like episode three of uh, Jed's Coachella craving. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. So, so you have like a bundle of all these goods. So personally for myself, I don't travel uh, as much, uh, obviously working from home. I'm not driving as much. Uh, I'm consuming less fuel. And actually my car insurance is down now because they are aware that all the the whole everyone's mileage is going to be low. So they're kind of trying to help out. Um, and they un understand that the risk for themselves is lower. So uh, it's cheaper. But overall, transportation for myself is down. I'm sure it's for everyone else. Food consumption, I think I'm relatively the same, but my habits have changed and where I'm getting my food has changed. So if inflation is more or less the same, so I guess prices haven't really changed a whole lot. But let me ask you this question, both of you. Uh, you guys eat outside, delivery, Uber Eats, Deliveroo, whatever, right? How much have you been spending lately on your food deliveries? Has that changed? So first of all, I'm offended you didn't mention caviar. But um, <laughs> at the same time... <laughs> Mr. Bro. So, Dude, I am the one person, you know this, um, since I've lived with you, I order a lot of takeout, especially the last two years. It's been crazy. I'm a terrible person. I order a lot of takeout. My takeout was pretty cheap when I lived in, in Arizona, right? Um, and I moved during the pandemic. I moved to Seattle. Used to order like maybe $30, $40 things from Uber Eats. Lots of dessert, lots of shit, you know? really good food and I'm I'm working all the time so it's really helpful right lately since the pandemic started my wallet's been taking a, a bigger hit bro let's <laughs> just say that okay I actually noticed only like probably before I left uh, for Christmas vacation where I was looking at my bills and I was like damn 70 dollars no way I'm, I'm I'm seeing 70 and then 60 comes up and then 80 and I'm looking at all my transactions I'm like fuck dude I'm going broke off of Uber Eats. <laughs> so prices have definitely risen for me. And I'm definitely yeah. changing my habits because of those, <laughs> those prices. Yeah. I mean, my favorite taco shop here in San Diego, Karina's, uh, tacos were like $3.50 each. Um, this is a bomb place. So tacos aren't cheap, but you're paying for quality. And now they're four fifty a taco. It's like, come Jeez, on, man. That's big. That's big. That's that's hard. You see your favorite taco up a dollar, you're like, hey, hey, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Slow down. And they're not gonna they're not gonna decrease it after everything comes back to normal. They're gonna keep it up there. <laughs> I have a feeling. Yeah, and there's there's some crazy numbers behind that. Like grocery products, uh, it's it's something that's called agflation. So inflation of your agricultural products and produce and grocery products rose like 4% in 2020. Um, obviously, you know, people are sitting at home, they're cooking more at home. COVID has, has restricted the supply, as Jed mentioned earlier. But what's interesting is when you just look at the numbers a bit more, you'll realize like staples, staples like wheat, wheat is up like 25%. 
It's probably some good wheat this year, but it's still 25%. Mm. You have corn that's up 35%. When was the last time you ate corn? It's in everything, I feel like. Bro, the bro, you read up. the outline. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I literally just uh, ate I don't, corn last night. Here, here. I'll set you up. I'll Come set on. you up. No one eats corn, dude. Bro, you I don't eat, remember the last time I've eaten I, ate, I used to really chug those cornflakes but that's the only time i used to eat like corn it's the most processed corn bro <laughs> it's corn still right <laughs> just because it has corn in the name doesn't mean <laughs> it's <all laughs> natural but yeah i mean so corn is up and uh the implications is so so interesting to note because livestock feed is largely corn so if corn increases your meat increases and so you can see how connected the economy is today, global economy in general, where a mismatch in supply and demand pushes one commodity price high over your, say, food, which could be corn, soy, or wheat. And then that pushes every other thing that's associated with it, the byproducts that come with corn. High fructose syrup is basically in everything. Um, so yeah, something that's that's really interesting and which is definitely causing a rise in food costs be it restaurant bills or or even groceries so with this with this issue of inflation and higher food prices i think we can dive into consumer trends what kinds of trends are we seeing in us consumers and our buying habits and how has that changed the whole food industry landscape so for me personally, I I think I'm a lot more cautious and aware of what I'm purchasing. I recently purchased spam because it was pretty cheap. Bro, <laughs> hang on. Talking about spam, <laughs> this guy bought like, so Jed bought like so much spam and just left it. He just <laughs> left it, dude. <laughs> so personally, I'm definitely buying more canned goods, spam, uh, got a a shit ton of that stuff from Costco. Definitely stocking up more often and going to the grocery store less. And I don't think it's just myself. I was reading articles where food analysts are seeing trends of people going into supermarkets and going out faster. They're not purchasing luxury goods anymore. They're looking for more of those staples, uh, you know, basic wheat, basic uh, corn, frozen things, canned uh, items. They're not going for those luxury. No one buys corn. <laughs> no, they're they're buying the canned goods, okay, you know, okay, the vegetables okay. and those things that are have a high shelf life because they don't know there's a lot of uncertainty. People are panicking all the time and uh, you're not seeing these impulse buys anymore. Um, you know, look at those uh, at the, at the checkout, you know, you have those chocolates, the mints, all the candies, all the things that you don't need, the sodas, those are fully stocked. No one's really buying those items. Side anymore. note, side note, but I have to say it. There was this super interesting article I read this week that said, Gum sales are low, chewing gum sales are at all time lows because consumers are so busy with their cell phones at the at the checkout that it that they don't really care what's at the checkout. Isn't that I, yeah, fascinating? I can, I can see that, but I don't know if it's also just impulse buy uh, buying is also down. But I think I think it could be both. Yeah, um, just being on your phone all the time, uh, keeping your mask on, and um, I think yeah, you don't need to worry about stinky breath. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of the guidelines for COVID is to spend less time at the fucking grocery store. That's so. I mean, it just, it will happen regardless. People are trying to be away from people. You know, we're just not spending a lot of time 
in public spaces anymore. Have you seen a Costco? It's yeah, lit, of fam. Of course, <laughs> of course, I've seen all that shit is lit, right? But still, at the same time, like imagine yourself going into that Costco. Yeah, I, I even feel weird if I'm in a grocery store and I'm just like standing around, kind of browsing. I'm just like, I should probably go home. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have too that. Long. I don't have that problem. <laughs> so yeah, like we have these trends happening, and um, even even canning, like businesses that are manufacturing cans are killing it right now because there's so much demand for cans and the manufacturing of it so that they can keep up with uh, all the products that people are purchasing canned. So yes, it's not just the food industry can. that's getting affected. It's the whole supply chain. <laughs> Come on, that's good. Stupid, stupid jokes. So who are the winners here? I mean, you definitely have canned food that's up there. Apparently, corn is a big thing. But yeah, looks like alcohol's up. Alcohol, yep. People are uh, in the fields. People, you need to order a new fucking frat house, bro. That's why alcohol is up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're contributing to the economy. We're participating. So General Mills and Campbell Soups reported a 60% increase in sales in a four-week period. That That is staggering, dude. Those, those Campbell Soups are, like, everywhere. I mean, it does not taste that great, but I mean, you heat it Pretty enough. Good. Yeah, no, you, yeah, the mushroom, I was literally going to say it. You heat it to a high enough temperature that your tongue anyway burns. Yeah. And you're like, I don't sick, mind this. If I'm sick, I don't want nothing else. Let that be known. All right. Before I die, Campbell's soup, baby. Yeah, one can. One can is like a week supply of your weekly dose of your salt yeah. intake. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that being said, you know, like we're seeing winners and losers in this space we're seeing prices kind of increase in different areas of this the the food economy how's the food sector doing how how are the suppliers the domestic producers are doing well um you know countries are having to depend on their own production of food uh with the restrictions of transportation uh borders being a lot slower to process and transport products and goods uh through you go to Mexico, fine, but coming back, you're waiting six, eight hours uh, in the line in your car just because they're trying to restrict uh, travels and uh, the volume of, of people going in and out. Mm. Um, so that goes into which countries are able to uh, create and produce enough uh, food and goods domestically. Um, the U.S., produces an enormous amount of agricultural products. Um, they're actually the leaders leading uh, food exporters in the world. Um, I think they're... That's nuts, right? Just to think about it. It is. It's yeah. crazy. But I mean, it was part of imperialism, right? They actually installed that shit <laughs> wherever they went. We had to buy their stuff. So yeah, the US obviously is faring well in this time, uh, being a lead, ex uh, lead food producer. And since you're the lead uh, food exporter. Um, that means that you have an abundance of food production and you don't have to rely on exporting that food. You can actually create it for your own um, yeah. population. Security, right? Yeah, we have yeah. food security. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, that's more or less first world countries. You're seeing some crazy prices in these food insecure regions in the world. Like 
you know, I was reading some stat from like Turkey, Nepal, where rice is up like 15%. And it's just crazy when you're when you're a poor country and your prices are just rising and, you know, you're importing food. It's really hard. So the way the global economy is interconnected just seems like a small pull here or there just has huge ripple effects. Today, we went over something called food inflation, right? Which is, a, as Adrian was mentioning, a bucket in the um, inflation mix, if you will, right? So earlier, we were talking about inflation that can come from the energy sector, the food sector, transportation, and whatnot. This is one of those sectors, right? And we're giving you um, tools to be able to dissect what inflation really is and how to look at um, how prices are affecting uh, overall inflation numbers. Also, you know, maybe when things open up, supply gets better. In this age where we have incredible forecasting models, uh, supply chain optimization that is done on every level, maybe demand um, is matched by the supply and then we don't see a whole lot of inflation. So it isn't a sliding slope yet, just headed one way uh, and we cannot bring it back. So there are solutions that uh, manufacturers can take to, to ensure that we level out. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show this week. You could subscribe to us. And if you're feeling generous, well, you could even leave us a review. Trust me, it goes a long, long way. You could also follow THC at THC underscore pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Things Have Changed.